This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. Morning, church. This morning's reading is taken from Revelation 5. Please follow along with me. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Shall we pray? Father God, thank you and praise you that we, we serve and worship a living God. Thank you for what you have done for each one of us. Help us to, to realize who you are and what you have done for us this morning. Almighty God and everlasting Father, we thank you for that. Thank you that we can come so freely into this place this morning. May we not take that for granted. So many Christians around this world are are meeting in, in, in secret because of the persecution that they face. Father God, help us to remember that and remember them in our prayers. As we start this missions month, we just thank you and praise you for for all the missionaries that this church is able to support, for the work that they're able to do in in the places that, that you have placed them. And we ask that you would show us the ways in which we can help them and pray for them. So, Father God, we thank you for Pastor Paul and his message that you've laid on his heart this morning. We ask that that you would open our hearts to receive it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, thank you, Darren. Let's get started uh, with 
our first message for Missions Month. Uh, we're going to be focusing on missions all month long. Uh, thank you again, Anna Marie, uh, for, for your work that you do um, for the Lord here in Bermuda with Word of Life. Well, we appreciate you and we're glad to partner with you in that work. You know, unfortunately, I, I, we don't think of missions enough, even in the church. When, when we do think of missions, we, we often think of sacrifice, we think of calling, but how often do we think of missions and the glory of God? That will be our focus today. I want to look at three truths from our text, and those truths are the state of the world, the good news of Jesus, and the glory of God. Okay, we'll look, we're going to look at those, those as well as three applications from that, but let, let me start with those, those truths, the state of the world. Chapter 5 of Revelation takes place in the throne room of God before Christ's return to earth. God is on his throne, ruling and reigning, and he holds a scroll in his right hand that is bound with seven seals. Look at Revelation 5, 2 and 3. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. So not even this mighty angel who makes this proclamation can open the scroll. All this powerful being can do is ask who is worthy to open the scroll. That, that word worthy is an important word in this chapter. No one in all of creation is worthy to open the scroll. Here is John's reaction to this. The Apostle John is, is the one who experienced this revelation and, and wrote this book of the Bible. Verse 4, And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. So what is this sealed scroll? Well, as we read on, it, it is clearly the plan of salvation for humans. If no one can open the scroll, then salvation is not available for mankind. Now, this is highly symbolic. Okay, Our salvation doesn't have to do with a scroll opening. It has to do with Christ's sacrifice on the cross. All right, Revelation is, is, is a different kind of, of writing style. It's apocalyptic. 
which means it's highly symbolic. Right? The, the, the angels cannot open the scroll. No one on earth can open the scroll. All is hopeless apart from Jesus, which is why John weeps. There are billions of people in this world who have no hope because they've never heard of Jesus. Specifically, there are 8 billion people in the world today. And about 42% of those people are unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And unreached people are those that live in a place where there is an inadequate Christian community in order to make the gospel readily available to them. Over 3.3 billion people in this world have no knowledge of Jesus and slim to no access to ever know him. The state of the world is hopeless without Christ. But let's consider the good news of Jesus. Jesus brings hope. Verse 5, And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. The one known as the Lion of Judah who has conquered can take the scroll and open it. Then look what John sees in the next verse, in verse 6. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So John, who was just weeping loudly, clears his tears at the elder's voice of the Lion of Judah, proclaiming the Lion of Judah, who's worthy, and through his tears that are gone now, he sees the Lion, who is a lamb. They're one and the same. The lamb appears to John as if it had been slain. Jesus is the promised king from the tribe of Judah, and Jesus is the lamb that John the Baptist pointed out as the one who takes away the sins of the world. The lion conquers not by mauling, but by giving himself up like a sacrificial lamb. He alone can break the seals and open the scroll because he gave his life for sinners. 
He triumphs not through strength and might like a lion, but through suffering and death like a sacrificial lamb. That's what we remembered around this table this morning. Jesus is the only one worthy. You know, if if you had never read the Bible and you just started reading the Bible and you started at the beginning, you, you you would see people rise up to rescue God's people. And then you would think, oh, great, they're being rescued. This, this is wonderful. But then, but then you would see them fail. Moses raised up. God, is he the one you've sent to save your people? No, he, he fails. He doesn't go into the promised land. Samson raises, God raises Samson up. Samson defeats all of Israel's enemies. And is he the one? No. He fails as well. David is raised up. Same thing. Solomon is raised up. Looking really promising. There's peace all around him. But then Solomon forsakes God. He fails. They all fail in some way. They all died and remain dead. But Jesus never failed. Jesus died, but was not defeated by death. He rose in victory over death and conquered sin and hell. The good news of Jesus is that he is the Lamb who has been slain, fulfilling the saving purposes of God. He is the only one who can save your soul from the horrors of hell. Put your trust in him today, if you haven't, to rescue you. He takes hold of every hand that reaches out to him and never lets go. And he does all this for the glory of God. That's our last point. Look what happens when Jesus takes the scroll. Verse 8. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So they begin to worship the Lamb. They worship him because he is the only one worthy. Then they sing a new song, we're told. In the Bible, God's people sing a new song when God intervenes and rescues. Psalm 98.1 reminds us of that. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Now listen to the lyrics of this song. Verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign 
on the earth. See, the song confirms everything that we've looked at so far. Jesus is the only one worthy to take the scroll. Worthy are you. And it gives us the reason why. Because you were slain. He willingly died on the cross, suffering under the weight of our sins. And what did his death accomplish? His blood ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. It is most interesting to note that Jesus has shed his blood for people of every tribe, language, people, and nation. So, so groups of people are separated by culture, languages, geography, borders. With, with those distinctions, right, more than just countries, with those distinctions, it's estimated that there are over 17,000 different people groups in the world today. And of those 17,000 people groups, 7,000 of those are unreached with the gospel. That means it is extremely unlikely for these people to ever hear about Jesus Christ in their lifetime. That means the Great Commission is not finished, doesn't it? Our commission is to make disciples of all nations. And that word nations describes what's being talked about here in Revelation because that word is the word ethnos. And I think you know where, where, where we derive the word, that word from, right? It, it, it's better understood not as, as countries but as people groups. Worship of Jesus should drive us to the unreached people of the world because Jesus died for those people groups. There is not one people group that exists in this world of those 17,000 plus that Jesus did not die for. Jesus is glorified because he has ransomed or bought with his blood people from every people group on the planet. We, the church, have been made a kingdom and priests to our God. A priest mediates between God and other people. Our biggest task is to mediate the gospel to those who do not have it, fulfilling the reality in this new song that people from every people group of the world give glory 
to the Lamb of God who was slain and lives forever, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what should we do? Three simple things come to mind. First, pray. Matthew 24, 14 says this, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You see, because Christ has not returned as he has promised, the Great Commission is not yet done. There are more people groups that need to know of Jesus and his sacrifice for them. Prayer is the first step for the follower of Jesus in all of life. And so if your heart is compelled for the lost or for the unreached, begin with prayer. Pray like in Matthew 9, that the Lord of the harvest would send out workers into his harvest. Pray that, that you would be willing to go, to bring that gospel, even as Acts 1 says, to the ends of the earth. Pray that you would share the gospel, but also your life as well. That, that's what people who go to unreached people groups, they're, they're not only bringing the gospel, they're bringing their whole life and laying it down. And, and Paul alludes to that in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. So pray, church. Pray that we'll be able to reach the unreached that we would go to the lost. Secondly, give. The Bible reminds us that where our treasure is, our heart will be also. If you direct your treasure toward missions, your heart will follow. Right? That, that reality is the same with other things. Why would it be true with this as well? And if you've never invested in the stock market, you could care less what's going on. But as soon as you own some stocks, all of a sudden you become a little bit interested in what's going on there. Right? It's just, it's, it's a reality of life. Where you put your treasure, your heart will follow. Now consider Psalm 67, verses 1 to 3. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. I think it's interesting. One of the reasons God blesses us, right, that's the first part of that psalm, and blessing, we can say that blessing could include wealth. So one of the reasons God makes his people wealthy 
is to make his way known on the earth. His saving power among all nations. Globally speaking, we live in a very wealthy part of the world, don't we? That wealth provides great possibility to make the gospel of Jesus known to all peoples. It seems that it seems that is what God has in mind when he blesses in this way, which is why the churches in the most wealthy of nations have been pioneers in bringing the gospel to areas that desperately need it. I pray that our, our mission budget will continue to grow in this church and that many more missionaries would, we'd be able to fund and send. And that brings us to the last application, right? Pray, give, and go. Go. We need to be willing to support others to go, but also to go ourselves. I am thrilled that we have four of our own young people going on short-term missions this summer. They are getting exposure to, to other cultures, parts of the world, where, where God is working. I mean, they're, they're not going to the unreached, okay? Those are difficult places just to go for a little trip. But they're still experiencing cross-cultural missions. And it's often these short terms that spark interest in long-term or career missions. Obviously, not everyone can go. And not everyone should go. God doesn't call everyone to go. But a willingness of, here I am, send me, should be in our hearts so that when someone from among us feels called to go, we get excited. And, and because of that excitement that we have, that maybe, okay, we're not going, but somebody else is going. This is great. And so we encourage them and we support them. Let me encourage you that even if you are not called to go to the hard, and they are hard, unreached people groups of the world, your faithfulness in bringing the gospel to your next-door neighbor or co-worker is just as important. Because think about this. The, the one that you pray for and share the gospel with or invite to church in order to hear the glorious gospel could possibly be that next missionary to that unreached people group. Let's all get a missions mindset from this new song that is sung to the lamb that was slain. And let's remember the big picture of missions. It, it's not driven by guilt. 
It's driven by the glory of God. The glory of God that says all people groups will one day praise the Lamb who was slain. Let's pray. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Father, may we be like all those who are on, on the earth who with all that is within them give glory and might and wisdom and honor to the Lamb who was slain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.